press the blue button, drop the blue pill. That's right. Let it, let it get in your system. I got that blue check mark. I'm verified, baby. I keep trying to get verified, but I'm not going to be able to be verified. Do you know I've been shadow banned? I told you that last time. How did you know that? Or how do you know that? How did what? Sorry? How do you know that you're shadow banned? A bunch of people started complaining that um, they'd been unsubscribed from me in the comments. And then a lot of people were complaining that even though they were subscribed to me, they weren't seeing my videos. And I just went through my stats. And inside of a month, we dropped from like 13,000 signups per month to 3,000. And the overall viewership dropped by just shy of 2 million. So I just wasn't yeah. coming up in the related videos anymore. And they're mm, doing the yeah. sneaky thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a very common thing, I think, with a lot of creators right now. The algorithm is like working against everybody at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's why I'm making a lot of more videos dedicated to the more trending topic SEO thing, because it just seems to be like that's the only way to really appear now because people aren't getting my notifications or anything like that either. Yeah, this is the this is the uh, crueler end of, of consumer capitalism, which is from YouTube's point of view, they owe us nothing. There's no loyalty that they owe us whatsoever. They've they already got that. They yeah, they can do whatever they want. They've already got that solid viewership with yeah. us. So our fantasy, our capitalist fantasy was that it would grow and grow and grow. And actually, it makes way more sense for us to be capped at a certain level because that's guaranteed viewership. That's like uh, uh, if you were a business and you're making money instead of making viewers, you'd be like, oh, that money's guaranteed. So don't focus on that. We know that. We want the new. We want the new stuff coming through. Mm. Yeah. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Tentacle Croissant. This is your host, Richard Grannon, and over there is PRXO. And I would like to ask everybody, how are the sound levels? I know sometimes we have technical difficulties, but that is expected, especially in the cyberpunk dystopian nightmare that we're both sharing at the moment, or at least me, because I cannot basically leave my flat since every building that would have the capacity of 100 people is closed. So there's not much I can do if I left the house anyways. So is it, is, it's, it's very strict there then in, in the Czech Republic, this whole coronavirus response, is it? Yeah, I think uh, there was a pretty, it's, uh, the outbreak got pretty heavy within the last few days because it's okay. a tourist capital of the world. I mean, it's like right next to Paris almost. So I think within the last two days, it went from like two cases to like maybe triple digits at this point. So, oh, yeah, and then and I've been taking a lot of Ubers the last few days as well because I don't want to, I don't want to take the trams and stuff. And you kind of actually got me into Ubering out here too. How dare you? Yes. At the yes. second of all, how dare I you, sir? <laughs> I wrote a news article: Prague Uber driver transported at least seventy passengers while having coronavirus. And yes. I was like, Great. I'm probably one of those people. Yes. The only safe thing is zero contact. Yes. I'm looking so, forward to coming to Prague from Portugal, traveling through mul multiple airports to get there. Are you there now? I'm in Portugal right now, yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't even know you left it. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I, I came to Portugal. Just Basically, I looked on the map and was like, where's the sunniest place in the UK, uh, Europe? Um, and Portugal had sun. Oh, you're it was easily the sunniest. chasing the sun. Then. Dude, I was whiter than I've ever been in my life. I was disturbingly white. Like my skin was the color of milk. And I was like, that's not. White people should be slightly yellowishy, pinky brown. Shouldn't yeah. be really white. 
they shouldn't literally be white. So yeah, I was, so I had to, I had to find some sun. So none of the ASAP Ferger trap music was helping in this case. It did nothing. It did. I mean, I was singing it louder, and it did nothing to the melanin levels in my skin. Oh fuck! It, it I may even me. write him a letter of complaint. I'm sure it does. <laughs> I was going to say, that's how I stay melanated, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need a sunbed, just ASAP Ferg every day for 15 minutes. That'll sort you out. Yeah, honestly, it, that music provides the same amount of joy as the sun would. But we've talked about trap music, I think, on every live stream so far. So let's just not go there. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to try and, avoid, try and avoid that one. But I will tell you this. Uh, it's weird. It's weird weather. It's very, very dark. Portugal shouldn't be this sunny in March. It's a rainy season, typically. Yeah. It's very hot. Uh, it's, it's gone up to like uh, 26 degrees some days, which is around what it would be. I know you, you probably work in Fahrenheit, right? Yeah, yeah. It's what it would be in Encinitas in, in the summer months. It's the same right. in March. It's, it's, it's really weird, really, really weird. Yeah. Um, and they are now starting to take the coronavirus thing seriously as well here. How, how seriously are they taking corona in the places that you have been in the last few weeks? They're shutting things down. They're, they're shutting yeah. down schools. They're, they're closing musical events where people are congregating together. They're, they are shutting it down. The, the, the Portuguese, you would think, because it's Southern Europe and everybody's quite chilled. Uh, that's the, that's the, the, the image of Southern Europe. But the Portuguese, yeah. when it gets to, there's almost like a trigger point with them where they'll actually get very, very sort of like uh, rule following, you know, almost like, yeah. you know, Northwestern European, super rule following, super right. strict. So it's chill, chill, chill. Okay, time to be serious. And now we're hitting that, okay, it's time to be serious point. Really? So yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty strict. It's pretty strict here. I'm glad the timing is the way that it is right now, because I want to actually ask you about your perception of this whole pandemic situation, the media hysteria thing, and then how legitimate you actually think this whole situation really is because I'm, I'm right in the middle, but more leaning towards, is it, at, is it really that serious? But the fact that so many places are shutting down officially is making me re question that. Cause like, Holy fuck, I can't even really leave my flat. You know, the it, it's, I mean, okay. So the, the first thing is it's definitely a real disease that's really killing people and it's definitely causing mayhem. I don't know. I don't know whether it's worth even trying to get into whether it's man-made or not. Um, yeah. I, I, re I really don't know. I do think it's interesting that this crisis um, is happening right now. Uh, I suspect that probably what it will be used for, whether it's, I'm not sure it's manufactured, but it will be used to cover everybody will be talking coronavirus to cover an economic crisis that we yeah, were going to go into anyway. Russia just hit like a pretty crazy currency crash with yeah. the, because of the Corona thing. Yes. That's, that's what everybody's going to be saying is a glo a, an extreme global economic crisis will happen because of the coronavirus. But actually there are indications that the economic crisis was going to happen anyway. Oh, and that the thing to do would be a controlled explosion. Um, and that perhaps to blame it on the coronavirus. So it's like, it's like a, a, a logical fallacy. It's like a false cause. Yeah, yeah. Go, okay, so because this happened at the same time, it happened because of it. Um, but my that's as far as I would go at this point on the conspiracy thing, as I do think it's being used as a cover. Okay, yeah. I could agree with that for sure, because no matter what, there will be an economic impact in one way or another. And with the powers that be, they can just utilize this and swerve it, kind of like a judo throw in any direction yeah. that they want. Yeah. Who knows if it's orchestrated or not, but... 
as for like the actual disease and and that pandemic itself and the, how the media is covering it do you think it's as serious as they would like for us to think or uh it's well i mean no um but again how much of a conspiracy theorist am i being when i say that i don't think it's that extreme to say it because we are in a it's it's a game um like the, the news, the media is a game. They need to get your attention. So they have to hype it. They have to exaggerate it. They have to ramp it up. Um, and it is being hyped. It is being ramped up. Is it serious? Well, it's, as I understand the, the, the medical side of it is it, it gets, the disease itself gets very serious very quickly, which is quite frightening. So it's not the flu. So, so people are saying it's just the flu. It's not the flu. Um, if it goes from your nose to your throat, the level of seriousness gets much higher, much faster. And if it goes from your throat to your lungs, it's very, very serious indeed. Mm-hmm. But even having said that, that's still only going to happen to people who have pre-existing health conditions or are already very frail or old. So, yeah, it's over, it's, it is overhyped. It is overhyped. But... It's, it's still a thing. I mean, you know, it's 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 still a pretty nasty yeah. uh, disease. Well, okay, because either way, the media is, I definitely think, promoting the idea that everybody should buy a year or three year supply of toilet paper. You know, it's funny on the live stream that I had the other day. I was trying to ask for suggestions of what I should get at the grocery store because I decided, uh, you know what, I might as well actually. The only time I'll leave my house to get groceries is when we're on the brink of extinction with right. pandemic-inducing disease. So <laughs> I went to Gogus to get stuff and I asked everybody, what should I get? And it's always toilet paper. And I'm like, everyone's just like completely cleaning out warehouses of toilet paper. And I'm like, how yeah. much do y'all shit? Yeah. Like how, many, yeah. how many of you guys are just defecating on a regular basis? Everyone's pooping so damn much, man. It's one of these really weird, like, circular logic, knee-jerk responses that people give when you're facing any kind of a crisis. I spoke to a guy who was the minister for finance for a small uh, Caribbean island, and he was a name at Lloyd's. He knows banking, and he knows accountancy very well. Uh-huh. And a few years ago, in the last economic crisis, he was saying to me, buy gold. Yeah. And I said, why? And he said, because if there's a full collapse, gold will still have its value. And I was like, a full? so you're telling me in a zombie apocalypse scenario, like The Walking Dead, where there's only a few survivors left and we're like scrabbling around to the last tin of beans, you think motherfucker's going to be out here looking for gold? Some starving guy is going to be... Or, or, you know, some starving tribe of of alpha male Mad Max warriors with, you know, steel through their faces that they've done to themselves, who who are now eating human flesh. They're going to give a fuck about gold. Why? Why would that happen? So it's this weird circular logic. Like if it's going to get that bad, you won't have food to poop. So you can forget about your toilet paper. Because because there's only one way poop goes out of a human, and that's when food goes in the other end of the fucking tube. About the gold, though, I was thinking even doing that. But I guess I guess the gold thing would make sense if you were at least like maybe three levels above the Mad Max level of apocalypse. You know, so you're still like it. it, To to me, it's a very strange kind of logic because you go. 
what what is it like? It's like saying, okay, so in so you have economics. Economics fascinates me, and I think it fascinates me because I don't understand it. But I know that you can't take the psychology element out of economics. But in order for there to be an economic system, symbolism still needs to exist. If we crash the fucking system and there's no symbolism left, there's no promissory notes left, it does become meaningless. You can't eat gold. You can't eat it. And if you're freezing to death, it won't keep you warm. I mean, we don't have to go too much into like economic theory or whatever, but like the same reason why uh, Bitcoin works is because we just decided to place a symbolic value on it. The only reason why it's worth anything is because a group of collective people put their real money towards it and they said, this is worth the money I just bought this number. So therefore you accept it. I accept it. Okay. That's the value there. Which is the same with all the other stuff. Which is why there was so much social media hype that went with it, because these guys were pumping millions of dollars into yeah. breeding fake social media hype, which is, which is I, I know you just said leave the economy thing out for a second, but to go back into it for just one second, when you look at TripAdvisor, when you look at Amazon, when you look at Facebook, don't bother looking at reviews anymore. They've ruined the review system now. By, by just abusing it, exploiting it. You have no idea what the quality of a good, a service, or a film is by looking at reviews because there's so much fake stuff out there. So you're absolutely right with the crypto. Remember that whole big buzz and there would be people who were boring about it? Their job, it's like a multi-level marketing scheme. It's like selling, um, what is it called in America, the makeup goods that you knock on the doors? Is it called Avon. Am? Sorry? Avon. 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 So you have to convince five of your friends to buy into it. And if they convince five of their friends to buy into it, yes, it really does have value, but you have to be one irritating fucker to like force your friends to buy this stuff. And it's only if everybody agrees it has value that it has value. I totally bought some during that hype too. And then I sold it before the, the second big jump and I'm like, fucking yeah. hell, God damn it, yeah. whatever. Yeah, good, but, uh, good. Because, you know, I mean, I would always say like sustainability. You've got to look at sustainability. Yeah, buy, buy gold. If you want to have, I, I wouldn't get into an argument with anybody about this. If you feel comfortable buying gold, then go ahead and buy gold. I've got people trying to work with me at the moment now selling um, American companies trying to sell ration packs for, so that people can stockpile foods. And I'm like, yeah, great. Which goes with all the other ration packs that the people who stockpile, stockpile food already have. Yeah. It's already out there. It's they're, they're, just, they're just filling up bunkers with ammunition and guns. And I'm like, okay, it's the, here's a good analogy. If you and I were crazy, uh, uh, super like paranoid, violent survivalist dudes, when we lived in America, we're back in California, we're both living in Orange County, and we're worried about the zombie apocalypse, and we stockpile guns and ammo. For a start, how do you know you're going to get to your bunker from where you live if it actually goes off? And secondly, do you want to survive in that environment? <laughs> Do you want to live in the fucking post, post post zombie apocalypse? Yeah, like what the fuck, dude? You know, I had had this thing on preppers where I was thinking like the whole idea. If anyone doesn't know what a prepper is, it's basically somebody who dedicates their entire living life to a post apocalyptic scenario. They build bunkers, they stock up on three thousand pounds worth of canned beans, and just sit around in their flat waiting for it to happen. And so I'm thinking like. These people are dedicating years of their life without the apocalypse where they have free reign and complete first world amenities and autonomy. Preparing for the hypothetical situation if all of that disappeared. So 
all the preparation for that, they're missing out on all of their actual life without the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They're almost extending the apocalypse in yeah. technically, even if it was to happen. They already yes. wasted a good fucking 20, 10 years of their life yes. without to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, it's a good psychotherapeutic and philosophical point that you're making, which is, you know, you've really in sort of preparing for the thing, you've brought the thing on yourself and right. now you're living a shit quality of life because you're scared of a thing that might happen uh, in, in some future. And, and, you know, th this point was made, uh, it's been made multiple times, multiple ways by multiple people, but like, it's actually not it's not, if you're going to survive, it won't be your stockpiled food and ammunition that will help you. It's actually going to be other human beings. And the preppers who aren't trying to sell like uh, water filters, like Alex Jones was big on water filters and ration packs and, and, and vitamins. If you're not trying to make a buck out of trying to prep, that's what you would tell people is you have to survive together. Don't, if you live in the city, the real preppers, the people who really knew what to do were saying, don't try and flee to the countryside. If you live in the city, if you live in a city and you know your city, stay there. Look at what happened in Sarajevo. They held an entire army at bay together. Civilians, unarmed civilians held an army at bay, an army that was prepared to take over the city in three days. They held it off for three years. So it's, it's people that, that, that you need around you, yeah. uh, not toilet paper <laughs> i was just telling my friend because uh we are basically living in the closest thing to a post-apocalyptic blade runner scenario right now and honestly uh a part of me just absolutely loves it it's dreary yeah. it's rainy there's like the tv tower with the red and blue lights off in the horizon yeah you know people are like really fucking paranoid when you go out rationing for food and shit and yeah. it, it, it's really dramatic right now and we were talking about how like how certain traditional roles just come to be when it comes to a survivalist situation. Yeah. Like it, it started off with like gender roles, you know, just so like um, say I have the fucking unicycle. So I go out and just like with the fucking selfie stick, like whacking people in the head and shit. And right. she would be kind of holding down the, the flat or whatever. But yeah. then it even expanded to the idea of what you're saying, like leaning on other people around the city for the, the second thing. So she, so she brought the question like, okay, so then would we just like naturally break off into tribes if that were to happen? I'd be like, yeah, it would start off like that. I'd be like, well, I actually ran out of toilet paper. Hey, y'all yeah. uh, over here, I know that he bought a ton of toilet paper and yeah. he, he's looking for soap and we have a lot of fucking soap here. So yeah. then the tribes would start building on that way of like resource exchange. And then this whole thing in the end becomes like a, a network. I, it's, I, I think the the um, history indicates that if you have a common enemy, uh, the psychology of humans will be to band together no matter right. what. So in yeah. Sarajevo, there were Serbs, there were Croatians, there were Muslims fighting side by side. Um, and actually, now that you've got me thinking about it, toilet paper wasn't the problem because they were starving. You know, food was the problem. And they, the currency that they used was not gold. It was cigarettes. Oh yeah, so, that's prison yeah. too. Yeah, it's prison. Same same rules yeah. as prison. It's light. You can hold in huge amounts. Uh, also, there was uh, alcohol, homemade alcohol, alcohol rakia. So if awesome. you could alter people's states easily by making yeah. rakia in a bath, then you could you could feed. You could you could get fed for for a night, for a day, for another week maybe to to survive. So so yeah, but I mean, do I think it's going to get that bad? 
I, I don't believe it's going yeah, yeah. don't, to, I don't, I don't believe it's going to get to that point. But okay. So that leads into what I wanted to ask you about earlier, which was like the, the idea of the media hysteria, because no matter what, we know that for a fact, the media overhypes things and then makes us very, very paranoid in many circumstances. And what do you think like would be the hypothetical intention to make everybody panic? Cause this is like, this is actually the biggest uh, worldwide disease has been in terms of uh, publicity than I think it's even more than the H1N1 thing, the swine flu, the cow, yeah. mad cow thing, because yeah. I think now the social media integration with everyday life is so intense rather than before, where before it wouldn't even show up on memes. Now it's just meme city of people wearing buckets over their heads and surgical masks and all of these things. And I haven't ever seen this before. And I think this is the first time where it's so heavily publicized that it's just at a mass scale. Everyone's well, kind of. Speaking of memes, I mean, we're only on the 11th of March and by the end of January, we were saying, isn't it funny how all the memes of this year have been about World War Three and how we're all going to be shipped over to die to fight in a war that we don't want to fight in Iran. And now we've switched gears and just, you know, very, very quickly, uh, six weeks later, the focus is completely different, but it's some new thing to be terrified of. Yeah, that's right. So, so if you, you adopt the knowledge, why? Huh? With your why? conspiracy, why? Well, the the um, I think David Ike came up with the uh, the perfect uh, lens for analysing this type of thing, yeah. Um, which was problem problem reaction solution, um, which is that the the powers that be, the government, whoever, they'll say here's the problem, they'll provoke the reaction, they'll present the problem in a certain way, and whatever the solution the public demands is the one that you wanted them to mand in the first place. So whatever the end result is, you can assume that that's what the goal was. And this is the same way that narcissistic abuse works. Whatever you're feeling in a narcissistically abusive relationship, you can assume it's because the narcissist wants you to feel that way. So the end result here is people self-isolate, they disconnect, they stop traveling, and they stay the fuck at home. What have we been saying you and I have been saying it. I've been saying it for like two or three years. What's the solution to our mental health crisis? What's the solution to, you know, because there are other things that are killing people way more than fucking coronavirus, obesity, right. diabetes, heart disease, depression, suicide. They're taking out cancer, way more people, alcoholism, way more people than the coronavirus ever will. And what's the cure for all that connection, being face to face, building communities and seeing each other. So they right. found the perfect way to keep everybody apart. And people will want to. There's people now. I'm speaking to people now. Uh, I've never, I never realized how easy it was to scare British people. Nobody's traveling. Villa Mora, uh, the Portugal right now is beautiful. And there's hardly anybody here. Where usually yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be flooded by 60-year-old Brits as soon yeah, as the sun comes plane out. tickets are super, super cheap right now, too. Exactly. And uh, I... I'm also just really lazy to leave my flat too. So I'm, I'm going to use that as an excuse because I don't want to look like a coward, you know? So uh, I saw an Instagram, uh, I follow these Instagram accounts that just take pictures, beautiful pictures of Prague and stuff. And one of them was the Old Town Square, which is like, there's usually no walking room at all. It's just packed 24 seven, no matter what season it is. It's the emptiest I've ever seen it. It's really yeah. eerie. There's maybe like, 30 people scattered throughout the entire square, which is so, so odd to see. That place is yeah. usually Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. It's um, 
it's it's that that worries me that worries me a little bit because you know this is i you know the the conspiracy view would be this is what they want so why would we switch gear from war with iran uh war with north korea potential death here potential death there that is just to discombobulate your opponents who's your opponent the people that you're trying to control so keep them frightened keep them confused Keep them emotionally dysregulated. Be terrified of this. Oh, that went away. Be terrified yeah. of this. Oh, that went away. It's trauma bonding. It's all. Yes, it's all trauma bonding. So, say if we go with this hypothetical route, um, why now? And do you think it's a global effort in order to induce international hysteria for that, or is it just like a party's interest against the other? Like, what do you think would that would be the case there? I think I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of things happening, mate. I think that um, I would agree with Slavoj Žižek uh, to say that we are living in the end times. It's not that like a big meteor is going to strike the earth. It's just that we cannot keep living the way we are. We can't. We can't sustain it. We won't sustain it psychologically and emotionally. We're not going to sustain this way of life. Now, if I was looking at it. I might be tempted to say, hey, um, say if I'm in control, I represent Britain, you represent America, and uh, him over there is Russia, and him over there is, is France, whatever. And we sit there and we go, listen, we got a problem. Can you see, look at look at the numbers. Have you seen your numbers? Yeah, I've seen my numbers. We've got a fucking problem here. What are we going to do? And it might not all be like, let's just kill the masses. It might be like, look, if they realize what's going on and what's going to happen next, They'll riot and they'll hurt themselves. What do we do? Let's get them to go home. There it is. Okay. Let's get them to go yes. home. Get in their houses. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna fuck with the internet. We're gonna call it. Uh, we're gonna say Russia did it. Russia, are you cool with us blaming you? Because you said we could. You remember that deal we did? Is it cool if we blame you? Yes. Fuck it. Okay. We'll be the bad guys on this one. But you owe me, Tavarish. Next time it's your turn. And you go. Okay. So Russia, we're gonna say you fucked with the internet. And then they'll start closing down the lines of communication so that because that's what you do with the baby. That's what you do. Like if you had a grown man child living in your house who wasn't that bright, but who's very strong and had the potential to be violent to himself and others, you would lie to him. You'd be like, could you just go to your room? We bought you a new comic. Drink this orange juice. Yes, it's laced with Valium. <laughs> We've got some news we have to deliver to you, but we want you to chill the fuck out first. That's OK. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, well, that man-child analogy is really insightful, for one thing. <laughs> That's who we are, the man-child. Yeah, but yeah, that, that, well, that would make a lot of sense. So say, I mean, I think a lot of people already kind of knew this, was that we were on the brink of some sort of economic meltdown for a yeah. long, long time. Or maybe some other crazy World War Three type, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. I think the economic thing is the most plausible. So It's, it's that, way more likely than the World War Three thing. I mean, yeah. I just, I just don't yeah. buy it anymore. Oh, Russia's, Russia's doing. Oh, come on, now. they're, they're right. fucking friends. They, we know that they're mates. We know they're homies. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then from there, it's you're right. It's like okay, so if they know that the economy is going to melt down, then they know that the people in charge of the money are the ones to blame. Therefore, yeah. we're going to not get the trust and the belief of the general people at large internationally, whoever, God knows where. So then how do we shift the blame and make them docile enough? Oh, we, we induce fear. And if we want to induce fear, it's going to be, I think now nowadays with all the information out there, um, we know that these red flag situations exist, you know, like 
by blaming a specific country or whatever else and we can't exactly oh, have- false flag false flag false flag not red flag false flag and you know blaming a tangible target like that is almost it's just like so 1960 you know so like now it's like oh a disease you know yeah. how do, that's not really pinpointable we can blame china you know but it's still kind of ambiguous it's not and then from there it's not exactly they're in control like with rc controllers trying to maneuver a little virus robot around so then yeah. in case it's like okay well our hands are free we're blaming a virus that's out of your control and that yeah. way everybody stays inside they don't talk to each other and they kind of just sit in paranoia and 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 the other good thing to do if if you're a good tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist like me is to see where ideas are preceded has there been any um, TV shows or popular movies about uh, the spread of viruses called contagion, for example. Have we been told by the media again and again and again, look, the major threat to humanity is actually a pandemic. It's because we're taking too many antibiotics. We're to- so so if you say, oh, there's a pandemic coming, we all have to go, well, I guess they told us it was going to be. You can't like freak the fuck out and be like, we had no idea. But you can, yeah. you know, so we're preloaded on, on, we're preconditioned for certain things. And listen, we're also being preconditioned right now for, and that, this is where I would sound completely crazy, but for um, the aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're ramping that up. They're, they're, and, and I'm just like, I'm not saying they're going to come out and say, oh, we've been chatting to little green men. But it looks to me like they've used Joe Rogan. They've used multiple outlets to do this. They're, they're ma- they've used the Vatican. Even the Vatican's down for it. But below that, there's pop culture. The, to yeah. be an alien is almost a trendy thing. And I'm respons- I'm all half responsible for this, too, where it's like yes. being different alien-like, alien fashion, you know, alien yeah. whatever else in terms of, yeah. like, that world. It's completely permeated and saturated that, too. Yes. For a while, like, zombie apocalypse, walking dead type things were everywhere. I remember this one year where it was only zombie movies, yeah. zombie video games, zombie everything. And yes. it kind of, it's subsided now, but like I remember that year, and yeah. I was like, "Why? Why is everything zombie based?" I think, and I think you can have you can have conscious conspiracies, and you can have unconscious conspiracies. And I think one of the unconscious conspiracies with the zombie thing was our unconscious revulsion against overpopulation, our unconscious revulsion of how much of the dredge of society, the unconscious muck was being pushed up to the top in terms of media. And we all had this sense of like, oh, I'm surrounded by zombies, but we're all the same. We're all zombies. Right. But we're all getting, you're a zombie. And it's like, no, you're a fucking zombie. And actually what it is, it's like, it's unconscious projection of the of the the darkest stuff that's in yeah, human nature, yeah, yeah. which is a zombie is this, is an id. It's blind. Yeah. It's, just, right. it's I want to eat you. I want to fuck you. I don't know what a zombie wants, but it's, uh, I want pizza. It, it's it just, and it just, they should never run. This was always the thing that pissed me off in the zombie movies when they run. Yeah. It's less frightening. They should be a slow moving mass that overwhelms you. That's the unconscious. That's to represent the suffocation right. of the unconscious. So, so that's come up. I've noticed uh, vampires back. There's a lot of stuff. If you look yeah. on Netflix, vampires are big again. Um, and it's very gory, very, very, very gory stuff featuring, featuring vampires. But, the thing I was going to say about the 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 aliens thing is like I just want to make it clear my position on this is it's not that I think they're going to say there's actual extraterrestrials here. I suspect that 
there may be some kind of um, talking about an alternative timeline for human history. We thought we were in this, but actually it turns out this is not the timeline of what human history was. That seems more likely to me. What do you mean by that? What does that have to do with aliens? What the hell? Well, the, we, we are they. They is us. Oh. We're, because we're them. We're, we're, the, we're the aliens here. Everything about us is, is alien to this. <laughs> to this planet we're not we're, we're not like cats are we we're not like foxes we don't just walk around naked eating the things that are there and then pooping in the in the woods we fuck everything up and then we whinge that we're too cold because we don't have the fur that we need for this environment for some weird reason and our heads are too fucking big look at the size of my forehead you're telling me that's natural <laughs> My motherfucking forehead. At least you have the decency. You have the decency to cover you cover yours up. And here's the thing: at least your forehead's getting some color for once, man. <laughs> These are the solar panels right here. Yeah, I couldn't even look at the live stream. Dude. <laughs> so, well, an interesting thing you brought up there. I never really thought about it, but like, I think a collective trend when it comes to media and art is, I think you're right, a collective unconscious. Not desire, but uh, feeling, a collective unconscious feeling, because I never really understood why things were uh, so resonating and trendy with the masses of people at once. It's like zombies this year, vampires this year. And why yeah. is that everybody is just naturally into that for that moment in time, but not, not any other year or any other specific thing? It's just that. And oftentimes, like these things that we're talking about, these are symbols of archetypal, the archetypal unconscious, like zombies yes. and whatever. Yeah, I, I, th I think there's already an unconscious f f uh, flow or pull um, that, that's already going to happen. So it's what we want. It's what it's <laughs> it's what we want. It's what we are sort of tuned into. It's what it's the energy that we're vibrating at at that particular time. But then I think it can also get. Uh, manipulated and pushed in certain directions. And I think this goes back to Edward Bernays and goes back to Sigmund Freud. And they realized the best way to control people was through symbology and was through the unconscious. And that kind of fits in with all of what we're seeing now. The coronavirus represents a secret hidden toxicity in others that is potentially very dangerous. So stay away from them. It's not a million miles away from the obsession. Obsession neurotic obsession and hysteria around narcissism. Do you think so? Yeah, it's a, it, Zizek said this in 2010. He said about all the phenomena, before I even was started looking into it, all the online uh, hoo-ha about narcissism is essentially an unconscious fear of the other. And he said all this talk of toxicity, it's, it's a desire to push other people away. We just, we, oh. just don't, we just can't deal with each other anymore. He said that 20 years ago. Uh, 10 years ago, sorry. Where do you think that comes from? Why do we just naturally feel like we should push each other away? Because, I mean, I understand that, especially being part of my generation, everybody naturally wants to be aloof within their own world, but at the same time, they want to communicate, but just, like, far enough. Yeah. It's, um, I think the, you know, people will say it's facile, and, um, and a lot of people don't like it when I talk like this, but I think it's the loss of God. It's the loss of religion. We lost our story. When I say God, it might be gods, it might be goddess, it might be the Godhead. It might be the big thing that's making everything happen. 
the, the my word, I, what word I would use for that? I think it's uh, the the feeling of unity, and oftentimes God would be the collective medium for everybody to latch onto that everybody can latch on together. In yes. the same way that um, you know, like when uh, there's like light pollution and shit, and you can't see the stars, it almost blocks out this this vision that when you look up, that everybody collectively looks at everything being a part of this one little rock sort of yes. thing. And yes. That could also be God as well. And now that we don't have God and the light pollutions blocking out the stars physically and metaphorically, it's hard to conceptualize what it means to be one. Absolutely. And and that's tragic. When Nietzsche said God is dead and we have killed him, it wasn't celebratory. It wasn't like, yes, we killed God. Finally, I'm the evil philosopher who hates God. He was not an atheist. He was a theist. He believed that we needed God. And he said, I don't know what carnivals and festivals we're going to have to uh, pull together to pull out of our asses to keep ourselves occupied with the fact that we have blood on our hands, that we are now have to bear the guilt of killing that which made life worth living. He saw it as an absolute tragedy. And I, I agree. I think like um, we can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. You can't go back and be like, OK, well, let's pretend we all believe in God now because we don't. Yeah. But. That, like you said, unity comes from you're a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Buddhist, you're a Buddhist, Buddha said this, Buddha said that. We live this way, don't we? Yes, we do. So we're one big family. Yeah. The, the, you, know, the, you know what I think putting the toothpaste back in the tube is? Right yeah. now, the, the fracturing into tribalist ideologies. I yes. think that's the attempt yeah. for us to try to squeeze the Colgate all back in this tiny little thing. And yeah. we're getting it all over the fucking place and like diversifying all of the groups and separating us even further because the yeah. tube it, or like the toothpaste is so far out at this point with any yeah. attack it's making us fight fight each other even more you're left wing you're right wing i'm this yeah. and you're that and you're this and you're that but that's all just trying to unify you with something else and for yes. some reason we need the uh, the tangible external source for that it seems to be the case that without God, we all lean very heavily towards narcissism. So a lot of this, like group, uh, the identity politics, the group politics, the turning on each other, the res the weird resurgence of racism. That's like sounds really dated, and you know, it's like didn't we already do this and it didn't work? Didn't that party suck already? You know, that that's that's coming back because of this hard turn towards narcissism in the absence of. A big other because we're miserable if we're just floating on a rock in the universe with no fucking story that's that's shit that really is shit and i, I people who turn to darkness through their depression their despair their anxiety they have my sympathy they really do even if they're doing bad things um I, it's not that i wouldn't still shoot them in the head i would but i would just be like i feel really sorry for you bro i'll, I'll make it quick yeah that's dark as fuck but <laughs> Do you, so do you think there is a possibility for humanity at large to unify w with or without a singular external tangible thing? So before it was the idea of God, right? So then if we don't have that, is there anything else? Do we need that, first of all? Or could we just like, oh, well, we're all one? Well, we, we could try. And it's my intention to try and to say to people, look, this is the problem we face. I'm going to tell you a story now. It's a story. There's no dogma. 
I'm not going to be like, this is the truth, and I saw Jesus, and this. I'm not going to fucking lie like all these other fuckers did because they lied their asses off. Yeah, I'll just yeah. be like, yo, we need a story, and my story is, um, uh, we we came from the stars. That's science. We know that we're here, but nobody knows why. So there's mystery. So there's awe. And when we get right down to it, because I'm running a 30-day challenge with people at the moment, we're talking about our shared values, our shared goals. You want to know when you strip it right down and you say to people, you can have whatever you want, what do you want? When you strip them of ego, which I have tried to do with them during this 30-day challenge, which I've deliberately made very hard. When you strip them of ego, people want charity. They want to help each other. They want to help lost animals and they want to help lost humans. And that makes them the happiest thing ever. So do you need a big other a big story, yes. Does it have to be a stupid fucking lie? No, no, it doesn't need to be a lie. Why don't we get together and say, we're going to do this because life is better when we do this. And there's no, uh, there's no, we don't have the, what's God's name? We've just got, there's no name. But do you believe just in science? No, we don't because we know that there's this great mystery that nobody, that no scientist can describe. And then you just say that to people and you go, are you cool with that? We all live in this group within a certain discipline that involves being kind to ourselves and to each other. Are you down for that? I think people would be like, please, give me that. Give me something. My God. I mean it naively. <laughs> yeah, I think the idea of it is fantastic. But in, in terms of practice, I mean, I guess you could look at that's how like communism kind of arose. You know, it's like in his eyes, Marx was like, yo, imagine no one owning anything, and you know, we all shared, and we're all in the same plane and equal, and da, 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 da. then you end up a few decades down the line, like the worst situation many countries have experienced. You know? Yeah, but I mean, he was, look, like seriously, Marx, Marx was a fat, fucking lazy fantasist who sat around masturbating all day. You think he, he would have been a Redditor? Hey? You think he would have been a Redditor? He would have been a Redditor, covered in his own jizz. He had scabby legs. He never put trousers on. This is historical fact. And he lived off his Russian wife's family's money. He, he, he didn't work. He was a lazy intellectual. And his story that he wrote is great, but it's a fantasy, and it's a science fiction fantasy. What he was talking about is science fiction. It's science fiction fantasy is incredibly naive. And the guys who came afterwards didn't believe in Marx. Name me a single one of these communist guys who believed. None of them believed in Marx. None of them believed in Marxism. They knew, like Hitler knew, if you say to people who have to work, this sucks working all the time, doesn't it? Yeah. Would you like to not work anymore for the man? Yeah. Okay, sign up with us. You're going to kill a few people. It's not nice. It's icky. It's gory. But if you want the better world, brothers and sisters, we, we have to break a few eggs to, to make the omelette. Are you down for that? Yeah. Then you win. You're in power. That's it. There's nothing else. <laughs> there is no communism. We've never done communism. Never. Communism has never existed. And it cannot exist at this point in human evolution without some highly benevolent supercomputer AI, the kind of thing you were talking about with virtual reality. Can't do it. It's, it's, it's totally non-functional. But that wasn't what I was talking about. I wasn't talking about telling people what they should do with their money or what they should do with their things. You don't need to. Marxism doesn't trust people to make their own decisions. Most political ideologies don't. I say put the responsibility back on the human being. Let them make their own decisions.
I don't know if you accidentally clicked the green screen option, but you are missing a left pupil. No, it's deliberate. I'm I'm dissembling before your eyes. I'm about to ascend. Yeah, I was wondering if this was either the the cult leader ascending or if this is Corona getting the best of you at the moment. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, oh shit! No, I do have the green screen on. Wait, wait, wait. It's like you're literally dissipating Thanks, man. before our Thanks. eyes, literally, man. I was just I, like, all I could see was I was getting a bit of a David Bowie eye, and Dude, one yeah. iris had gone really big. That's all I could see. Did I? You're a reptilian. Yeah. 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 Oh, this is how we get you, you see, because if you come looking all human and mammalian and friendly, then people will be like, oh, this sounds cool. And then once I've got them, I'm like, ah. Have you, have you seen those reptilian videos of like, yeah. just, <laughs> just like Obama's eyes shifting <laughs> with the worst CGI in the world? Look at that liberal cuck. He's a fucking it reptile. <laughs> it literally looked like that for a second. Like your yeah. eye, like reptilian, according to these videos. Yeah. yeah. And I'm now, well, now question everything you said within those last 45 minutes because you just, you blinked sideways. <laughs> <laughs> the slits, it's the iris slits. It's scary, man. It's scary out here. Can't trust, you can't trust nobody. Everything I said about the coronavirus and everything else is now null and void. It was meaningless. How do you think this is this, is this whole corona thing is going to blow over, man? Um, I, I think the corona, um, I think this is it. They've done this multiple times before. I think that this is a distraction. It's a magic trick, which is something you know about. You've studied magic tricks yeah. and illusions, right? So it's this is, right. look over here, misdirection. That's all it is. And they're doing something. What are they Can doing? You because it's because you you brought up a good point. The World War Three thing just happened, and then it blew over. So, like, what if there's just going to be a series of these, like over and over, just so, and then what happens happens. Probably the most useful thing I could say is whatever the end result is on people, on the population, whatever effect that has, whatever it makes people demand, that's what they wanted to begin with. So if they're like, oh, we have to shut down the airports, and that's what they wanted to begin with. Oh, we have to give up our freedoms and you know develop an army of bull bag squeezers called the tsa well that's what they wanted then <laughs> but it's just crazy to see it at a global level i mean like whether or not like i'm not going to bring the whole like 9-11 thing and let's i don't want that's just too controversial but the inevitable fact is that people were really 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 frightened and they asked for you know assistance and and or or at least um, more restrictions like more homeland security more more security and stuff like that that inevitably happened for sure. I'm just wondering like at at a global level like this, that's crazy to me. Like why yeah. would they try or how like how the fuck have they done it? First of all, this is like in every country around the world at the moment knows about yeah. this and they're scared of it. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's. I think there's a lot of things that they know that they can do and then they run like a war game. They run a simulation and they go, how will people respond? What will the end result be? What would we get from it? Um, and then they'll go, well, that's a good one. Oh. And then they, they take Tim's idea and they just put it on the table for a minute until they need it at some point. And I think, you know, it's not that hard to do now because we're all plugged in you know, with the smartphones. So it's very, very easy to get these ideas out quickly to people. Could be a test run. Could be a test run for something else. Fuck. 
I remember when when they when they were putting the first patients of the coronavirus and of everybody in the UK, they were putting them in the world. They were putting them up in Arrow Park next to the gym, like I told you in the last one. And it was the most underwhelming end result because everybody just walked away from that when when it happened and when yeah, most of us didn't even get symptoms. Nothing happened. And I'm like, okay. Children are killing themselves in record fucking numbers right now. Record numbers. They're damaging themselves at record numbers all over the world. It's not just an American problem. It's not you everywhere, everywhere. But that's not in the news. Yeah, that's true. What? Damn. Um, fuck. Okay, so in terms of like dealing with a situation like this, what do you think would be the right protocol as people in general because i mean i don't necessarily think being freaking out and hysterical and have mass paranoia be the solution to it and i don't i think having a bit of precautions is a good thing maybe maybe buy an extra roll of toilet paper you know and maybe just try not to lick the damn handrails in the tram yeah but, i mean it's a real disease and it's really out there and you're really better off not having it than having it um i mean to be responsible like i'm in contact with people who are over 60 I'm in contact with children. Um, I'm occasionally in contact with people who are ill. So, and I might not be symptomatic for 14 days. If I got it and got symptomatic, I'd probably be okay. But inside of 14 days, I could shake hands with a lot of people. So, yeah, the responsible. I, I carry hand gel, um, and if I go out, I gel my hands afterwards, wash my hands more. But the, the, you know, it depends on who you listen to. I was listening to a doctor on YouTube the other day say, saying you could you could use hot water and soap and wash your hands for three minutes. And if it's flu virus, there'll still be traces of transferable flu virus on your hands, even after washing it for three minutes nonstop, quite vigorously. So you do what you can, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean like, nah. <laughs> because in the end, man, I mean, what, what does it actually change on a day-to-day -day basis? I mean, there are so many different types of illnesses floating around regardless. I mean, this one is obviously serious in a way, but like in a day-to-day -day setting, I mean, what else can you actually do in terms of... Which is, which is a good question, which is why a lot of this feels symbolic to me. So Portugal right. is doing its thing. Czech Republic is doing its thing. And it's like... It kind of feels a little bit to me like an accountability drill. Like, what did you do to stop that, the global pandemic? Too, because like, um, I didn't, I honestly didn't think it's as crazy as everyone makes it out to be. Because like, you know, the media, and especially when it comes to crazy Westerners, just over exaggerating, dramatizing everything. And mm. there's not much one can do anyways. It's a fucking disease. You know, it's not like the troops coming into each city. That's like very very tangible so i mean you can still yeah. live your life do whatever you need to do and if you catch it you catch it yeah but in terms of when the government here started shutting down the schools the universities and whatever else i was like okay hold up whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, yeah. now 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 they're in on it and yeah. they're actually doing it now this is like another level of seriousness which which is then a tangible problem so the problem yeah. is not the primary illness it's like the second it's like going to hospital for a broken foot and ending up with pneumonia and dying you know so now we're looking at the secondary and tertiary effects there are airlines that have been uh they've, they've just completely been wiped out there are cruise liners that will be wiped out there's going to be hundreds of thousands if not millions of jobs affected by this so that is something to be worried about 
for you or I, it's a cold. You could potentially hand on a disease to somebody that, that could potentially kill them. So that is something that we do have to think about, be responsible. But that's a maybe. The definites are this will cause big time uh, economic problems and a lot of people are going to end up unemployed and struggling for cash. For sure, for sure, for sure. The uh, British stock, uh, sorry, the British, um, I can't remember my words now. The guy who runs the Bank of England has just chopped the interest rates for the country because our economy is flagging so badly. Hmm. Trying to keep people buying. They're trying to keep the economy going because if the if the economy just stagnates completely, it's really going to fall off the rails and it's really going to be bad. Okay, so then let me ask you this then. I'm asking so many questions, but okay, so say so so this disease is obviously fucking up the economy. Is yeah. this to re-stimulate it later on? Or is it to, like why would they you know oh, the, the, oh, the conspiracy angle would, would sure. re re-stimulate re it won't re-stimulate the economy. It won't. I, I, like I said in the beginning, I think there was an economic disaster looming and they've gone, uh, uh, and put them together. There was already an economic disaster looming. There's, people who understand this way better than I do have been saying for at least the last two years, we're going to hit another recession. It's going to be global. It's definitely going to be the worst one yet. That's the nature of this particular monetary system that we operate within. That's the nature of this particular brand of capitalism that we've got. It's inevitable. So how do you manage that crisis? Well, you get all of the people together, all of your mates who run all the countries and go, this is going to happen, dudes. You don't want to be kicked out of office. You don't want, because this has happened historically where the people have just risen up and said, you should have handled this better. You didn't. So we're just going to lynch you in the street and put somebody else in place. That's literally right. happened historically. So they've got to, they've got to manage it. This won't rejig the economy but it may allow them to cover up a lot of big mistakes, to write off a lot of bad debt, and sure. possibly to change it in a way that is really extreme, that we would never have voted for, that we'd never accept in any other way, except in the way that they're going to bring it in. And I don't know what that's going to look like. Maybe this is the beginning of microchipping. Damn. I mean, <laughs> could be just me being optimistic or just ignorant but like every time we get to the brink of a disaster or whatever else like this it just really hasn't affected that much in terms of what i've seen on a day-to-day -day basis but then again i'm really young and i don't know what the fuck my parents went through during that whole shabam uh the whole shabam being the communist revolution of vietnam that the that little thing um man 9-11 and all those things you know <laughs> <laughs> There's a thing that they do in boxing um, and and in kickboxing as well. Uh, Bruce Lee talks about it. So you hit somebody and you go, okay, you give them a double jab and then a right cross. And then you give them a double jab and a right cross. And by the third time that you give them a double jab, they're already tensing up for a right cross. So you drop for a liver shot or a leg kick. Oh, yeah. When we had Brexit, I was utterly convinced because of the votes that went before Brexit that we would never be doing Brexit because we'd voted on other fairly major issues that I won't get into now. And I was totally convinced that the people's vo vo voice didn't mean anything anymore. We were in a war that we didn't want to be in. Scotland wanted its independence. It didn't get it, blah, blah, so on and so forth. So sometimes you're being paced. You're like, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. Iran is bullshit. HN1 is bullshit. Oh, the coronavirus, that'll be bullshit. And that's the response that they want. Um, could be. Could be. I don't know. I don't know. What, what would be the benefit of doubting? To set you up for a really, really, really big fall. 
And then when it gets really bad, they'll be saying, well, we warned you and nobody took it seriously. And now this terrible consequence, this unforeseen mutation of the coronavirus that we didn't know, which is wiping out 25% of the world's population has happened. That's utterly terrifying. Amazing. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen like that, Pierre. I think it's just a drill. I think it's a probe. I think if you're boxing with somebody, you sometimes you're like, "Where are they? Where are they here? Okay, they got. Where are they here? Okay." And you just, you just, where's the reaction? How do they react? I mean, if you want to see how the Brits react, wow, what a cowardly nation we've become now. You only have to say the word Brexit, people are canceling their holidays because they thought they're going to be abandoned in Spain, um, and now with the coronavirus, they don't want to leave the house. Yeah. So to kind of steer it out of this doom and gloom scenario, what I would mm. like to say is like, I really like, not I don't really like, but the idea of, for example, a near apocalyptic situation, or let's just say natural disaster is mm. only, I think most of the time, a situation where most people are willing to let down their ego for once and then have to live at a in a lens that really requires the true character of people to really shine through where it's mm -hmm. like there's no weight to be worrying about your nails getting chipped there's no weight to you know you you can't focus on these polite mannerisms that you white lie when it comes to getting what you want in terms of some petty achievement or some shit like that and everybody's just stuck with real life and the possibility of real death or like at least just something fairly drastic like that. So in a situation like this, a part of me is just like, yeah, okay, now everyone gets to really, really see the situation for what it is, or at least in their head, they have to feel it out. Definitely. And so that would be the positive uh, potential side benefit of all of this would be a good, clean, hard reset on, on, on a lot of things. Every crisis brings that. Every, you know, it sounds trite to say it, but if it does become a genuine uh, crisis, do I think it's the worst thing in the world? I don't want to sound callous, but like we have issues that we have not faced yet that we must face. Overpopulation is one of them. Um, and maybe it's time to, to have that conversation. Maybe in the aftermath of this, we can have that conversation in a sober atmosphere where everybody can come to the table without screeching, without jumping up and down like angry chimps and just have a quiet, sensible, sane conversation about how many humans can we afford to have on this planet at any one time? Yeah, do you think that uh, we are mature enough for a collective dialogue in terms of trying to solve each other's shit instead of like outrage in terms of over emotional reactions to one another and shit like that? A good, a good, a good strong crisis tends to uh, shake people up. I mean, you know, so I, I don't want people to suffer but it's my job to try and bring people out of egotistical bullshit back right. to reality i i deal with i shovel that shit every day of my life and i know you've got to scare some people i know you do have to shake well, people up you have to shock them and that's the thing where what i'm trying to say about this whole natural disaster post-apocalyptic scenario because it's the closest thing to actual trauma to wake people up from this autopilot slumber of their everyday mundane delusion of how to interact with one another in themselves sort of a yeah. thing where i think like you with your past of being a bouncer and all this stuff you were just on the brink of trauma every day of your life so you know what it's like to like be in that situation in order for you to see reality for what it is in the same way that most people only really get there if they have like a real intense 
situation. It's, hum- it's humbling. It's humbling. It, it breaks a lot of the bullshit and the posturing. You take a good, strong crack around the face and it doesn't always do bad things for your character to, to be humble, to be brought back down to earth. And we are the opposite of humble now. We're the opposite of humble. We're the opposite of scared. We're crazy, posturing, arrogant, puffed up little entities right now. We're due a bit of a spank. Spanky. Right. That's how I want to. That's why I want to wrap this podcast is with Spanky. I'll tell you this uh, when you come here this Saturday. But like, uh, I made a whole video on it. I can't stop fucking talking about it because I legitimately stopped a thief with my bare hands. (laughs) (laughs) I am so fucking proud of me. And I was like, I can't wait to tell Richard this too. And but like that situation was the first time I've ever fucking done anything like that. And the perspective that I have gotten. I mean, you've done this multiple times in a different way. You you literally were in physical confrontation in order to stop people from drunk drunkards that, you know, fuck each, fuck each other up. But this was the first time I've ever done this. And it wasn't as dangerous as I'm sure half of the situations you've been in. But just that lens that you get when you are in that moment of physical danger and you don't know what can happen and you have yeah. no idea the outcome is but you're stepping forth and taking this action and, and, and risking that behavior it really shifts every mode of behaviors that you get on a day-to-day basis in the first world you you took you took a risk that was genuinely dangerous you could have been stabbed and you did it purely as a manifestation of value like your higher value was it's wrong to steal there's a guy over there who's been stolen from her i'm going to stop this so it was, it was a manifestation of value and it was a selfless act. Um, it's a real tragedy that, mo- in my opinion, it's a real tragedy that most people now in this civilized world will probably live their whole lives never doing that. Right. It sounds awful to say that there's an upside to war or an upside to tragedy. But if you've had to band together to look for lost children or lost relatives or lost loved ones in a situation, perhaps after a bombing uh, in, a, in a house that's come down or, or whatever it is, or bringing water to people or bringing medical supplies to people. That's real. You're having a real non-symbolic impact that's now, and you're not doing it for any other reason other than to help. You feel differently about who you are as a human being. And it feels, it cleans up a lot of shit. It cleans up a lot of the cobwebs that's for it. sure. Did you say, oh, what would you say, non-symbolic act? Like you said something along the lines. Yeah, most of the our biggest problem at the moment is that we're disappearing right. into purely symbolic actions. That's right. And yeah. there's so many layers of symbolic action that the yeah. action is no longer even what it's supposed to be anymore. Whether that be passive-aggressive remarks or hinting at something like this, yeah. nothing yeah. is ever done. And that action is purely exactly what it is. It's so, so it... it it actually would be better to say it's not even symbolic action. It probably is just signaling. Symbolic action has probably got right. more merit. This is just a signal. I'm just signaling to you right now. This is me. This is who I am. Why are you signaling that to me? Because me. Because me. And what's the purpose beyond me? Nothing. How awful. How yes. fucking desperate and wretched that is. Just yes. to be heard. Just to be here. Ugh. That's yeah. your contribution as a human. Yeah. So so the hopeful side of that is we could get back to non-symbolic interactions. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Shameless plug. If anyone wants to know what happened, I just posted the story time on my video on my channel. So if you guys want to know the details, it's there. But I, I really like how you're explaining that non-symbolic action, because this type of communication is something that I've had a really, really big problem with for my entire life. And I never found out the way to explain it, where I never felt like every thing that was said or everything, anything that was done was never authentically what it is. And yeah. in a sense, it's just an inherent delusion, a lie that somebody likes the posture over something or they're saying something to imply something else. But that yeah. has been the general mode of communication for God knows how long. And if you don't yeah. understand how to speak in that language, you're going to get ostracized or you're going to get looked at like as autistic. You don't know your social rules. You don't know yeah. your social rules or you don't know how to talk to other people. Yeah. But really, it's so complex the way that we have deluded ourselves and how we communicate, it's really fucked us over, or at least in my experience, it's fucked me over in terms of how to interact with one, one another. It, and it, it's a, it leaves a very dirty taste in your mouth. It's, it's, a, it's an unpleasant mode to get locked into. And you are locked into it if that's the only option you have for communicating with people because you've nothing else to offer but your stupid, low-level, gray, dull signal. Um, that you're signaling just to remind, just to get like, it's like a radar going, bimp, bimp, yeah, I'm still here. Bimp, bimp, yeah, I'm still here. And that's it. I was going to compare it to the difference between masturbation and sex, but it's not even as good as masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I think it would be cool if you started talking more about, I guess, the the practical and somewhat metaphorical impact of those uh, nightclub experiences that you've had. Because... Not only I can't keep I can't shut up about the fucking fact that I actually stopped it physically because this this feeling is just so different from mm. the casual day to day. It mm -hmm. it's like you said, it strips away all the bullshit. Like an arm to the neck is an arm to the neck. When you're on mm. the floor, you're on the floor. This person yep. stole a purse, they stole a purse, they ran into the police, they ran into the police. And yep. you have no room to be to be like you know, trying to shift the dialogue, the narrative and one weird symbolic yeah. gesture and trying to paint one person in a manipulative, manipulative way, you know, and, and because of the situation, this lens is really sticking with me in terms of how I view things in general. Yes. Where you lose the patience for these yeah. types of things and you refuse to even interact in these ways. Yeah, definitely. I I I think like there, there's been in my case an unfortunate uh, refusal to interact symbolically because right. of of what you're talking about. And but that left me with like an attitude of people just saw me as being arrogant or offhand or standoffish. But I was like, I know that you're talking shit, and I can't <laughs> help you in your shit talking because that makes me talk shit as well. I don't, you know, I don't want that. But um, I, 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 I definitely would uh, be happy to talk about it more. I was just thinking, could you imagine if you lived like how you feel now? Imagine if you lived in a community where it wasn't a thief that you stopped, but you stopped somebody else in that community from being eaten. And then everybody in your tribe knew that like, if you didn't do, if you didn't physically do what you physically did, that person would have been eaten. And yes. then they tell that story again and again. And you have that recognition, that recognition, that positive feedback loop for what you did that's really what we're missing because that's right that's right and 
I, I know what I am putting myself in by consistently bringing up the situation in the way that I am. And I'm almost presenting it even in the story time on my channel in a way that I am like bragging and flexing about it. But because of that situation that you're you're bringing up, that story would be passed down tribally because yeah. of a person doing something virtuous for somebody's mom or yeah. father or brother yeah. or sister. And because yeah. of an action that would be objectively considered a good action, mm. it imposes the, um, let's just say, the intention for everybody else to yeah. action in a similar way. Where I feel yeah. like, you know, we're constantly told to be humble and have the humility to never speak about the good stuff that you've ever done. However, where is the the alignment for all of the, say the younger people or whoever else to to follow in terms of like doing virtuous things for the sake of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There isn't there there isn't, and then we wonder why. Well, I mean, it's 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 this whole stupid thing of like why why are kids like this? You know, why don't they? Why aren't they nice? Well, who trained them to be nice? Did you try? Did you fucking train them to be nice? No. Why do they just sit there and, and stare into smartphones? Why are they all so fat? Well, because since they were children, you told them to sit down, shut the fuck up, and eat all of their food. And now they're sat down, they're shut the fuck up, and they're fat because the only pleasure they get in life is from eating. Whose fault is that, you dumb fucking dummy dumb dumb? That's your fucking dumbass dumb fault, you dumb fucker. Where's the recognition? Where's the where's you know, where's the where's this tribal sense of like, I see you? You'd have a new name now. Your name would be like uh, uh, Stiff Forearm or some fucking crazy thing. You know, there was this funny story I read. It was about um, there were the, 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 the white dudes were like trying to take a census in America. And they were, they were saying, tell, tell me your name. And uh, these the the the, uh, the lads the what's the politically correct term is not Native American it's First Nations people were having a real laugh with the white people and they would give them their names because they didn't have one name nobody had one name it would be like well my grandmother calls me this and the people over the water and and they give them the worst names would be like well I am known as he who shits in his hand but sometimes yeah. I'm known as the person who does the da -da 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 -da. and sometimes yeah. I'm known as that. And they'd be like, well, this you're making stuff up. And they'd be like, no, everybody knows me by all of my names. And if you don't know all of my names, you don't know me. You don't know me. It's just you people, those the pale faces, we knew too many people. And we'd be like, well, okay, my name is John Marks. And you'd be like, motherfucker, there's like 100,000 John Marks. It, it makes no, it's the opposite you'd have a singular name that's the reproduction of another 100,000 people, whereas you only have your unique combination of names. It's the, it's, but we would be like, well, you people are crazy. This is crazy. You're all just living in chaos. And they must have been thinking, it's you motherfuckers that are crazy. What's really fascinating about this, what I'm thinking about right now, is by having multiple names from different tribes and you're gifted by different people, yeah. your language is formulated f with reliance on others. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You have exactly. to have other people for your own self identity. And if you don't, you're dead. Exactly. You're dead. Which is right. which is the which is that Albanian concept of a home is only you only have a home if somebody misses you when you're not there. Otherwise you don't have a home. You that's don't have right. a home. So if all your tribe are dead, you, you die. You're that's it, you're done. Nobody knows your name now. You are now nameless. Oh fuck. That's not a good place to be. In. I agree. 
just realized within the Vietnamese language, I've lost so much of it. But then we have different pronouns in, in accordance to what age and what yes. relation you have in terms yes. of other people, too. Yes. And we say that before their actual name. You actually don't even call them by their name. You call them by the, the title. Like my aunt would be called a different name by my other cousin. So yes. my cousin would call that same aunt a completely different name. So yeah. you're inherently acknowledging other people in terms of the relationship yep. with you, where I guess in uh, not ancient, but older Western societies, it really shows the individual uh, perspective in terms of how you interact with the world. This is yeah. my name in every situation. It's me, it's me, and it's always me, depending yeah. on no matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who I'm talking to because yes. it's me. Yeah, yeah. And you never, because. Um, I think uh, I don't know about Malay, but in Chinese they definitely do. They do the same thing, and in Japanese they do the same thing. You're never not talking outside of the web of your significance. You can't. Like you cannot. You literally cannot ask me for the salt without first addressing who I am in the web of significance in the social hierarchy. <laughs> That's right. And then with the you know you get a bow. You know I had to bow yeah. to every elder for like. Until yeah. I was 18, yeah. you know, it was just like a constant thing. Then if you don't do it, you're being extremely disrespectful yeah. in so yeah. many ways. Yeah, um, yeah. How much time do you have, by the way? Um, I should probably be looking to go within the next sort of five, seven minutes. I was going to suggest maybe we take some questions from people because we didn't do that the last couple of times. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, while they're asking questions, uh, I would like to bring up like ever since I hit my birthday, the 27th, is like is considered the Saturn return in astrology, but also I think in actual psychology is when you know you kind of re-explore the, the your your core in a lot of ways, and having it's the year that boys become men. Is that it? Yeah, twenty four is the year that girls become women. Twenty seven really? is the year that boys become men. This is my idea. It's about me, Pierre. These are my ideas, but that that's my opinion. Okay, but um, with that being said, though, you know, I got the hair done in braids. It's, it just has a very um, tribal connotation in terms of ritualistically. And then um, exploring this notion of the shaman in a tribe. And then on top of that, with this whole thief thing, I've been living unconsciously more, uh, what is it, ar archaically? What's what's the term for that? In terms uh, of like, you know, you're what I mean? living, what you're living uh, out, outside of, of normal ideology, you mean? In terms of like, like terms we kind of call the archaic revival. Okay. I'm unconsciously, I feel like I'm living out rituals, coming of age rituals, hair thing, you know, this whole like ritualistic thing that we would do back in the day when we had shamans in our tribes and all these types of situations. And I feel better than ever when I'm kind of leaning towards this route of living as opposed to just first world manifestation to go to get an office job or whatever. Yeah. 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 There's, um, because it's, it's you, one of them is self negating and the other one permits the self. Um, one of them causes spiritual constipation and the other one yeah, doesn't right. know what's, what spiritual constipation would ever be. There is a, a you that is you that is supposed to be called into being during the course of your life. Um, and the more you do that, the better you'll feel. And the more you push it to one side, the more anxious and depressed you get. Interesting. So does anybody have any questions in the meantime? Uh, did we even ask? You guys got any questions? Feel free to ask. 
feel free to ask now before Richard has to go and put calories in his face hole and eat food. <laughs> so you're coming Saturday. Do you have your plane ticket yet? What I just bought it. I just bought it, mate. As soon as I mentioned food, I knew you were going to be like, ah, <laughs> Richard's coming. I'm going to finally get to eat some fish and food. <laughs> I haven't had a, <laughs> had a steak in a while. A technical croissant dinner in a while, man. Jesus I, uh, I'll, I'll be I'll be with you in Prague, uh, probably around. It's actually a long flight from here. It's about three and a half hours. I'll be there from midday, and then uh, we can meet up in the afternoon sometime and then start planning. We're filming some new stuff, guys. We're doing yeah. more. Pierre's doing some more of his awesome videos for me on the alchemy trip. We need to discuss, actually. <laughs> Uh, Human life experience asked, how can we practically live more tribally right now? Uh, let me, can you highlight that on the screen? Oh, yes, that would be a good idea. Bonnie Lassie, will ye gang? Very vague shot about this because it's still fairly open to me. But like, um, I live, I feel like I live fairly symbolically, even though I was just talking shit on it. But then I think there are elements of it that are really applicable in terms of like, like the idea, the more I research these things of tribes, the, the shamanic route, and in terms of coming of age rituals by doing something kind of physically or at least a symbolic action when it's time, it really does, at least in my psyche, formulate and structures everything to live in that manner. It's really vague, but I mean. I there are know. symbols that represent the unconscious archetypes of who you are, and then the symbols that just represent our slavery within capitalism. There it is. How, how do we live more tribally, Richard? Um, I think uh, the question uh, really is, is probably better phrased as how do we live in a more humane way? Um, tribalism is our innate nature, and it's neither good or bad. We can have bad tribalism, we can have good tribalism. How can we live more in line with our true human nature first of all we need to accept it we need to accept the entities that we are we are not consumers we are not consumers we're miserable as consumers but we're being told all day every day you're consumers you seek pleasure your ultimate goal is status and pleasure and in fact our ultimate goal is love and connection with each other and with the land mm -hmm. do either of you know about the woo flu, the hay. I have no idea what the woo flu is. I know what Wu Tang is. Yes, and Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. That's it. Morgan says, "Is it safe to go to the Wirral, Richard? Because she's from Birmingham." Okay. Lol. That's how they say lol in Birmingham. In yeah. Birmingham, as though, as though Birmingham's a language. Do you speak Birmingham? <laughs> How often do they say that out loud? <laughs> um, yes, it's very safe to uh, to to go to the Wirral. Yeah, somebody's uh, somebody's asked about my birthday. My birthday's coming up this week. You know. Wait, what? When? Wait, what? Say what? I can't. I can't tell you precisely on air because there are witches out there that'll try and put spells on me. Well, yeah. but I'll tell uh, you when. I'll tell you when I see you. Anybody who wants to send me gifts can send it to the, the email, the address I give out on my emails. Protein yeah. bars, gin, and T-shirts that have gorillas on them are really appreciated. I was going to say, for your birthday, you're welcome to take me out, my friend. I, I'm so, I'm just freaking so lucky to know you. 
It's like for me, it's just the best thing. Oh. Could you upload the Shady Ziskov track? Oh, it's fantastic. It is, it is good, man. You did really, really... You know, Pierre knocked that out inside of an afternoon. There's a very talented man you see before you. Very talented indeed. Um, how to human? If corona would be a psychosomatic illness, what mental issue do you think would be causing it? Government enslavement. Uh, let me see. Does Squidward... That's a really gross... <laughs> Wowie, that is a growth image. Um, let me see. Can you see? Can you see any ones that look particularly? Oh, here we go. My leg is getting better. I am yeah, not walking can. without crutches yet. I can walk, but not without crutches. When we film, I, I still have to keep my brace on, keep my uh, crutches on. You borrow my wheel, man. I'm telling you. That would be awesome, except I would probably fall off like a 40 year old man and hurt myself worse. I broke the handle off of it and no one sells it. I looked on eBay and yeah. the only place that they're selling it from is China. And I'm like, oh, wow. maybe it's not the right time to order a product from China. <laughs> <laughs> Could you guys just sneeze on it and put it in a vacuum sealed bag, please? Um, okay. Hexagons. Do you like hexagons, Pierre? <laughs> Shapes are cool. Shapes are pretty cool, man. The the hexagon is... is uh, a symbol that brings two triangles together, brings men and women together, and it represents time and the fact that we are bound in time, and it also represents an interdimensional portal. All righty. Uh, so now people are talking about my birthday. Please don't give out my birthday after I just said I don't <laughs> want to get cursed. Some fucking idiot's like, well, if you want to curse him, here's the date. Cheers, guys. Thanks for that. That's fucking great. Is I wonder how many spells have been casted on me. Yeah, yeah. You, I think you have a few. I think we need to talk about the magic to protect you from these things. Oh shit! All right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think that's probably that, isn't it? I think the next time we do this, we'll be in the room together. I'll be in that room that you're in now. I can't wait for you to bring the disease from Portugal. All right, my brother, I'll see you in a few days. How crazy. Oh, and by then, I'll have my Lucifer's throne of a chair. Awesome. Don't know what you're talking about. Rolling with it. Awesome. The, the chair with the horns, man. You'll see it. Really? You get, you're getting a chair with horns? Yeah. <laughs> you're really trying to trigger as many Karens as possible right now, aren't you? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Good man. Good man. That's what I like. To make sure all of your video thumbnails have this, it drives them fucking crazy. Let's have a few yeah. video thumbnails like that. Why I fucking knew you were an Illuminati shell. Yes, but yes, that and that's how I would tell you. One of your popular videos has you doing that. You see, yeah. anything? you did that, and you got to just start doing that in every channel. I should do. I should do. I dare not. Oh, they get cross. They get so irritable. These people. They need to. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you like it. You like it. <laughs> Uh, all right, ladies friend. and gentlemen, thank you very much for your time and for your attention. Ram, Yangi, Yoko, Co. And um, we hope to see you. Well, we will be seeing you next Wednesday, won't we? Wow. Yeah. Wow. That'll be beautiful. Speak to you soon, guys. See you guys later. <laughs>